BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Hey, hey, beauty friends. Welcome back to our show. And it's episode 199. How did we get here? <laughs> hey, Jill. Hey, Carly. Oh, my God. We're almost at 200. Can you believe it? You would think Love we'd it. stop stuttering and not knowing what we're about to talk about by now. It's hilarious. We actually have a very special episode 200 dropping next week, though. It's it's going to be a fun retrospective on the juiciest moments over the past 200 episodes. So you guys are not going to want to miss that. And it was actually really fun dusting off the old transcripts. Yeah, buckle up for that one. And we have a very special guest in studio with us. It's Michelle, Michelle Harrison. She's our producer and she's making a cameo in next week's episode. We're so happy to have her on the mic with us. She's been with us since episode like 79 or something. It was early 2019. I think it was actually episode Mm. around 100 because... Yeah, so she's been there day in and day out basically since for almost three years now. So we had to get her on the mic and help us uncover and unlock some of these memories that we had. I'd be curious when people tune in, you know, we picked some of our juiciest moments, but I don't know if maybe we left some on the cutting room floor that other people uh, remember for various reasons. So if you do happen to have one that we might have missed, we'd love to hear from you in our DMs. And that's a Breaking Beauty podcast on Instagram. And last week we had Pillow Talk Derm on the mic, busting some skincare scams. That was really fun. I've been a fan of Dr. Shireen Idris for so long and wanted to get her on the mic. If you guys haven't listened, go back and check that out. One of the scams that she talked about was the TikTok trend of sunscreen contouring. Spoiler alert, that's a hard no. And just a little later, we're going to be picking up where that sunscreen conversation left off with dermatologist Dr. Katie Belezne with some fact-based ways to properly create a protective skincare routine. And sunscreen season is not over, everybody. You know, but let's get into some news and some headlines first, Carlene. Well, Jill, you're the super sleuth. So why don't you tell me, like, what have you clocked that maybe I missed? Well, I'm not sure if it's like that groundbreaking in terms of news, but definitely the fact that Ariana Grande's 
REM Beauty is finally here, R-E-M. And I believe that the products are en route to me to test. It's all makeup. And what was really interesting to me, Carlene, was, do you remember Amy O'Dell? She used to write for The Cut. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she was like really sharp minded fashion journalist, kind of like the creme de la creme in New York, you know, yeah. front row fixture. Well, she kind of does her own thing now. And she has this really great newsletter that I subscribe to. Um, it's a Substack. We can link to it in our show notes. But basically, she went on a whole rant, I guess you could say, in her newsletter about how big media companies are just slaves to these large celebrity group Zoom interviews now, right? So back in the day, if you and I were going on a press trip with magazines, like we probably wouldn't have gone if we didn't get five minutes alone with a celebrity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because why would I go in a group interview with you and then we all have the same quotes and then it's nothing mm-hmm. interesting at all? Yeah. So you would at least fight for that. So basically, Amy was saying that major magazines and major media players right now are just big slaves to the whole industry complex of celebrity beauty mm-hmm. and especially these group interviews over Zoom and how right. then the headlines are like people.com. I Zoomed with Ariana Grande and this is what I learned. Right. Allure. And it's like every person, every single media outlet basically has that headline, but they just are up against the wall because when they go into the interviews, not only do they not have time one-on-one with her, but they're told in advance, don't ask about her marriage. Don't ask about the voice. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do that. You'll get your, you'll just be like, asked out. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. So we're back to that place where everyone's getting the same quotes and nobody's getting original content, right? Well, yes, but they, the way that the PRs and the celebrities are framing it is like, you're going to be on a Zoom with Ariana Grande mm-hmm. and aren't you lucky? Right. But Amy's just so sharp. Yeah. And like she talks She's not about having it. Yeah. And she it's like the title of her newsletter was Ariana Grande Zoom Manipulation. Mm. And she just said, even if you were told to be like that questions were off limits about personal life, like she gave examples of other types of questions they could have asked that were just more probing. Like, is it true that you only consent to being photographed from the left side of your face? Does being photographed from one side only affect how you do your makeup? And can you show us with your REM products? <laughs> Somebody asked that? No, this is what she's, she's saying they could have asked right. instead of all of these softball questions. Right, right, right. And then she just said, makeup lines can be really lucrative. Celebrity makeup lines can be really lucrative. Can you see yourself amassing a personal net worth of a billion dollars? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my and gosh, not pulling any punches on her newsletter anyway. No, absolutely. In terms of the makeup line, so I just, I didn't get invited to the Zoom party, guys. So I just looked at the makeup. I saw the pictures on Allura's website. And so everything looks like space, like it was born in a spaceship. It's like these silver kind of Very mod. Capsules, yeah, kind of back to like the 60s mod. And There's a Mm -hmm. lot of like luminescence and stuff like, like it does not appeal to me. I'm just going to say that. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when I think, I know you're going to kill me because I talk about rare beauty all the time, but when I put them sort of side by side and I think about longevity, it's just like Mm -hmm. the rare beauty looks like a proper makeup line that kind of, Selena Gomez happens to be a part of. And that, of course, is the power of Kendo, Sephora. And whereas mm-hmm. this other one, it's just, it's so 
fucking cheesy. It's so like made in a marketing boardroom and it just looks like it reminds me of like Bonnie Bell from the 80s. Like, I don't know. I just think it's it's does not have legs. Mm hmm. You know, it's just apples Interesting. and oranges to me. Yeah, well, the brand already has a million followers. Oh, by the way, I looked on her Instagram. Do you know how many followers she has right now? I was looking just yesterday. 275 million followers. Like, mm-hmm. just let that sink yeah. in for a second. No wonder mm-hmm. she's starting a beauty line. Yeah, Selena Gomez is 272 million. Wow. Just, it's crazy. Right? So it's, it's just crazy. You think about these makeup brands and they're like, if we could, they just do the math, right? They're like, if we could get just 10% of these people to actually mm-hmm. buy, you know, that's a huge figure, right? And it would probably mm-hmm. be more than that. It's a captive audience. You already know they love her. Anyway, I digress. What else is going on? Yeah. And then beyond that, there's more celebrity news. Like Addison Ray just dropped these mood fragrances. Yeah, they just dropped that. this week. So I think it's really cool that she's kind of dabbling in the fragrance space. And fragrance through COVID has actually yeah. bounced back quite a bit. So I think this is all kinds of genius. And it's actually AddisonRayFragrance.com. It's not item beauty fragrance. It's interesting because We've talked so much about celebrity beauty lines, but this celebrity fragrance now yes. seems to be the new trend going into 2022 yeah. because I think, as you said, fragrance sales went up during COVID and the makeup is all yeah. getting saturated now, right? Like so many brands yes. have done that. So now like Billie Eilish launching yeah. with fragrance. And so I think it stands to reason. And I read that even like JLo's sales are up. Her latest fragrance, apparently, I think it's called Mm -hmm. One Shot to one of the top in her portfolio. And apparently even Britney Spears fragrances are selling more now because she's back in the news. Yeah. Hit me with Circus. Hit me with, uh, what were the other ones? Oh my God. There was one I used to love. Fantasy is the one I'm thinking of. A lot of people people stand the Britney Spears fragrances. And it's interesting, though, because some of these newer scents that are coming out are less of that kind of candy sweet that we saw with the Britney Spears. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that Ariana Grande's most recent fragrance, I think it came out in the summer, God is a Woman, the perfumer, the nose who created it, his name's Jerome Epinette, and he is actually the same nose behind Byredo fragrances, some of those like Sundazed and Belle Daffreak. So it's definitely like a more modern take. And I have a feeling we'll see that yeah. with the Billie Eilish, which I have yet to smell. Yeah, I heard that all of the Ariana Grande fragrances are really good. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's good that they're taking it a little yeah. bit more seriously. There's another one that's like a shaped like a cloud. I've seen it at the drugstore. Mm-hmm. And apparently that one's really good too. Like a lot of high fashion people wear it, yeah. which is really interesting. And then Jill, you and I were slacking about the Tati news. What do you make of mm. that? Hold on. I'm just over here bronzing my Tati palette forevermore. <laughs> for, to be honest, though, I really loved her makeup. Yeah. So RIP. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have the palette and it was, I think, one of the best curated palettes from an influencer ever. And of course, it was done at the time under the umbrella of ColourPop. So we know those mm-hmm. that quality is just so, so good. But what happened there? Because I assumed it just like kind of flopped. I But you were like, no, that's mm-hmm. not what happened. 
So basically, she was involved in another business venture called Halo Beauty. Those were the supplements. Mm -hmm. And basically, she got into an illegal entanglement with the former business partner at Halo Beauty because they, I guess, in the paperwork, fine print, listen, I don't know, whatever, somewhere along the way, the former business partner said, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, if you're making anything, it's got to be under the Halo Beauty umbrella. You can't be over here making Taddy Westbrook makeup because mm-hmm. we are contractually obligated to be working together on any beauty initiatives. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't know the legal speak, mm-hmm. but basically that's what happened. And that's also, I think, of course, she had a really rough go on the internet with yeah. all of her videos and the Jeffree Star and the James Charles of it all. But that was just one thing she was dealing with. I think on the real thing that made her shut down her business was these legal entanglements. And I think it was frankly just costing her way too much money. Yeah. And at some point, I think you just have to throw your hands up and go, let's cut our losses. We're not going to give another dime to this guy. We're going to be like, okay, 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 okay. We'll shut down our business. And if we do something together, it'll be under Halo Beauty. Now, I don't know if she's contractually obligated to launch more things Mm -hmm. under Halo Beauty. That I do not know. Mm -hmm. But I did watch the video and that was basically like, bye. And it's like after two years, Taddy Beauty is shutting down. Her business partner, his name was Clark Swanson. And Swanson sued James and Taddy Westbrook for fraud, negligence, and breach of fiduciary duty. That was around the Taddy Beauty thing. So it's just, it's just a mess. Yeah. Wow. And her legal, her legal woes are not over. Yeah. And, you know, I was watching her video going, wow, she's so good at this. Yeah. She's so good at YouTube. Right. And it is a real shame that she's basically been dark on the internet for two years for all of these other things. And this is just part of being a YouTuber that nobody talks about. Like eventually you are in a business and there's just so much to learn and so much to know, especially if you want to start creating your own lines. And that's why all these big powerhouse players like Ariana Grande and Selena Gomez, they don't do it alone. Oh yeah. Like they have, they have partners who know the business inside and out. Mm -hmm. And I think that Taddy is a bit of a cautionary tale in that respect because you think, oh, that all sounds good. But then the waters can get muddy really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's had so much drama kind of plaguing her. Mm -hmm. And Carlene, you and I have talked many times about this larger industry trend that's going on about the beauty business is sort of diving into the world of gaming and getting sort of taking inspiration and partnering with these people that are big in the gaming world, which is frankly very foreign to me. Mm -hmm. But I think that there was a bit of a fail that happened this week, right? Yeah. So, you know, beauty gamers are potentially the new beauty influencers. You know, that's where all the Gen Z eyeballs are at. And so we have seen Uh like Anastasia Beverly Hills getting into this space. I know in the summer, I think she launched a palette and worked with some gamers to do like certain looks that were made inspired by the palette. And there's been other kind of brands who have who have gotten into like, I think Gucci just signed on with Dressed, where now like you can create, you know, you can create this kind of like wardrobe on this avatar, but also use the makeup. And it's like the real makeup. That app is cool. Yeah. And NARS kind of followed suit. And so, you know, it's all about gaming right now. And so there's actually a gamer by the name of Rachel Hofstetter. She goes by Valkyrie, I think you pronounce it. 
And so mm-hmm. I was reading online that she dropped a, a skincare line. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this seems like next and new, right? And it's called Reflect. And it's all about blue light. And she was like, you know, I wear my blue light blockers, but like I need to do something for my skin because I'm a gamer. I'm in front of the computer all day. <laughs> and so she right. dropped this line. Now, I had mentioned this to you. <laughs> And you had said to me, except it's already gone. And I was like, wait, (laughs) what? Yeah. So maybe you could explain to listeners what happened there. Yeah. So the name of the line, I don't know if I might have missed that when you said it, R-F-L-C-T. I mean, you're doomed if you're not using any vowels. Let's just say it. Like reflect with no vowels. Anyway, basically, I don't know if the FTC specifically got involved, but many critics just started calling it a scam and misleading Mm -hmm. and saying the effects of blue lights were being overstated and painted it to be a purely money-making scheme, which is true. And then before you know it, Reflect issues a statement. And I'm just trying, I'm going to read it here like verbatim, basically. They said, Reflect is no longer available. (laughs) Thank you to all who played important roles to conduct research, develop products, create a brand and serve as partners along our journey. While we believe in the formulations created after further reflection, we have decided to move forward on new paths effectively terminating the Reflect brand. Wow, wow, wow. I don't think we've ever seen a line come and go (laughs) as quickly (laughs) as that one did. Now, I'm just going to say this. Blue light and your skin, okay? And I have to give credit where credit is due. Kind of Steven is who I kind of read this about blue light. Because at one point I was like, oh, Uh this could be a concern. You know, I I Uh personally think blue light is messing up my vision, but that's, you know, that's hearsay. But I was reading on, you know, he's he's really kind of a truth talker and on his feed on Instagram. And he was saying there's way more blue light coming from mm-hmm. the sun than there is yeah. your computer or your phone. So once yeah. again, it goes back to like sunscreen versus being concerned with what's coming out of your computer or your phone. Dr. Michelle Lab Muffin, she she talked about that in our episode with her earlier this year too. Yeah. So I guess on that mm-hmm. note, we should get into our headlining interview of the day. And this really does go back to a protective skincare routine that's based on facts and based on, mm-hmm. you know, like literally common sense instead of just this ridiculous marketing that's out there. So we want to welcome to the show Dr. Katie Belesne. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we always say SPF is definitely like your best anti-aging cream ever. So Mm -hmm. Dr. Belesne, she's a Vancouver-based dermatologist. She's board certified in both the U.S. and Canada. And she's a leading practitioner of both medical and cosmetic dermatology. You know, she's just an expert in treating acne, rosacea, and does injectables and lasers, all of the things. She's also a consulting dermatologist for Neutrogena Canada, and this episode is indeed brought to you in partnership with Neutrogena Canada. So fun fact, Carlene, Dr. Belesne is one of the people who trained with the one and only Dr. Alistair Carruthers, the groundbreaking dermatologist, and his wife, Dr. Jean Carruthers, who is an incredible ophthalmologist, and the Dr. Carruthers, the husband and wife team, they are the pioneers, aka the godfather and the godmother of Botox 
for cosmetic use. And so actually Dr. Belesne trained with them. And I remember when I interviewed Dr. Jean Carruthers way back when in episode 25, I went to her practice in Vancouver. And I remember seeing Dr. Belesne's name like at the front desk when I was kind of signing in. I was like, oh, that's that's really interesting. And I had interviewed her for other things before too. So it's a really small world. So in today's chat, we're asking Dr. Belesne about how to incorporate sunscreen into a protective skincare routine. Yes, that's going to help with premature aging and it's good for your health. Like, do you need to wear a separate moisturizer in the winter in addition to your sunscreen? Can you use sunscreen over face oil and how to reapply over makeup? She's got a great tip for that. Yeah. So here she is. Welcome, Dr. Belesne. Are you looking for some good, clean positivity? Good. Me neither. I'm Maddie Murphy, and I host The Bad Broadcast, a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we love to hate. I searched my whole life to find my passion. Little did I know I had been practicing my true talent every single day, complaining. Join me every Monday wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show. See you there. So hello and welcome to Breaking Beauty Podcast, Dr. Belesne. First things first, tell us where you're dialing in from right now. And did you put on sunscreen this very morning? That's what we want to know. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm in Vancouver and it's a rainy day here, which isn't a big surprise, but I do have my SPF on. And yeah, it's a standard part of my morning routine. And, you know, I always tell people that, you know, building that habit of daily sunscreen application is so important over the long run. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'd expect nothing less from a dermatologist, to be honest. I mean, of course, right? <laughs> you have to do it. It's like the gold standard. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we know you get this question all the time. And I think, especially in North America in the winter, we just kind of think that the sun couldn't possibly be as strong in January as it is in July. We don't even get as much daylight, right? So how do you respond to that when people think they don't need as much SPF year round? Yeah, you absolutely need SPF year round. And, you know, certainly you don't get as much sun exposure during the winter, but it's still important to continue to do all those sun protection measures, including daily sunscreen, regardless of the time of year. And, you know, there's a few reasons for that. The the effects of sun damage are cumulative and, you know, UV rays can penetrate through clouds. You can have UV exposure, UVA exposure in the winter. And though you might be less likely to get a burn, all the effects of UV, including the aging, all that can happen through the winter months as well. And it's just important, you know, as you talk about that cumulative effect, we know there's increased risk of skin cancer. We know you can get UV exposure year round and melanoma, you know, we're trying to prevent and protect against that. It's really common. It can affect anyone regardless of sex, age, you know, skin tone. And so I think I'm a big believer and supporter of year round SPF. Okay. But are the UV rays just as strong in January? Yeah, that's a great question. So UVB or what some people say UVB or the burning rays are not as strong in the winter months. So yes, if you're out on a sunny day in the winter, you're less likely to get a sunburn, which of Mm -hmm. course can contribute to skin cancer, but there is still UV exposure. There's UVA as we talked about year round, which can contribute overall to 
signs of aging. It can contribute to your risk of cancer over time. So we do want you to protect year round. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those UVA rays, the aging rays. And I think it's, you know, what you said there, just going back to the, the point about melanoma, I think a lot of people hear that and they're just kind of like, well, that's not going to be me. That's somebody else. You know, there's a bit of kind of denial there. I think that people think, well, that that wouldn't happen to me. I don't know. I'm just giving the kind of the real talk. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I don't sunburn or, you know, mm-hmm. I, my skin doesn't burn or I only get a tan or, you know, I'm not in the sun that often, but we, you know, we do know it can affect anyone really. And we do see it across, as I mentioned, sort of all age ranges and types of different skin. So, you know, it's just important to be mindful of for multiple reasons with protecting the skin um, from the sun, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And getting back to SPF and wearing it every day, I'm lazy slash busy. I always come clean about that. So what I would like to know is in the winter, can I get away with foundation with SPF or a moisturizer with SPF? Or do I need that full-on sunscreen that I would use at the beach? Like, what's the minimum I can get away with? That's what I want to know. So the typical recommendation um, is to apply between, usually as a dermatologist, we say an SPF 30 or higher. And for example, if you're covering your face and neck, it would be about a quarter to a half a teaspoon required, which is a solid amount. If you've ever applied it as recommended, it's like a thick layer. And that's the, the amount that's required to achieve the, that SPF level. So like in the lab with perfect testing to achieve that SPF level, that's the amount that you should apply in terms of thickness of the layer. And so the reason that we recommend more rather than less is most people in the real world apply less, right? You put on a thin layer, you want it to blend in, not be thick and white, but knowing that you're probably not getting the amount of SPF that's labeled on the bottle. So most people only apply a quarter to a half the amount that they should to achieve that layer, that level of SPF. So as it relates to having, you know, using an SPF in a moisturizer or in your makeup, The challenge with that is that you're probably even applying less, right? Most people don't Mm -hmm. put on a foundation as they would a sunscreen with a thick layer. And in fact, there was some research that looked that you'd actually have to apply like five to 10 times the amount, like the normal amount of foundation to get that that level of SPF. Not very natural. No, right. And so, (laughs) and then similarly with the moisturizer with SPF, yes, you can achieve that level of SPF. You just have to apply enough. And so all that to say, I think ideally, you know, your layer of SPF, whatever it may be first, and then you can put your makeup and other things on top. But yes, if you want to achieve that level of SPF, thicker is better. All right. Fair. Okay. Fair. And we know that one of, you know, speaking of applying enough, I think a lot of people, especially with dark skin tones, really find it challenging to find the right formulation to be wearing enough, but then basically they want to be wearing enough, but sometimes when they do put on the recommended amount, it can look chalky on dark skin tones. So what are your tips around that for getting the adequate protection, but also not looking like a ghost? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, we're lucky now that there's so many different formulations of sunscreen available these days. And I do think sometimes it's a bit of trial and error to find the one that's like right for you and your skin type. And, you know, the white cast is traditionally associated with more of the mineral based sunscreens. Even many of those have sort of improved. It's not that traditional thick zinc white that you 
had seen in previous iterations of sunscreen. Sunscreens formulated with the organic rather than the physical filters, you generally don't see as much of the white cast. So that would be things like on the label, like avobenzone or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So some options for that, you know, the, the Neutrogena UltraShear lineup of sunscreen, they have lotions and mists, like they are ultra sheer, they're more sheer. So you can, you know, it often works with different skin tones and types. Also, you could try like a tinted sunscreen. Sometimes if you're looking at that mineral option that can sort of mitigate some of that white cast. But honestly, a lot of it is I talk to people about finding one, like, you know, an ultra sheer or a lighter weight lotion, for example, but just honestly trial and error, trying to find what works with your skin type. Mm -hmm. It's about finding the right one. Now, one thing that happens in winter, though, is a lot of us get drier skin. I know I'm one of those people. And that can make sunscreen look kind of more chalky or just dry in general. And of course, I don't want it messing with my makeup. I want to look flawless. So yeah, do you have recommendations for how to deal with that? Like, should you look for a certain texture or exfoliate more? Or what do you think? Certainly, I think the best things, some people try and think like sometimes think sunscreen can have like a hydrating or like moisturizer or in lieu of a moisturizer. And I think you do often need that moisturizer just to kind of help with the effect Mm. of any sunscreen, particularly if on your particular skin, it might be a bit drying. Some sunscreens can have hydrating ingredients built in. So that's one thing you could look for. Of course, we mentioned there's moisturizers with SPF and providing you're using enough of that moisturizer with SPF, it could also provide some protection. But generally, I would say just with the routine of application, using moisturizer as part of your skincare routine, followed by the sunscreen as your last step in the morning before any makeup, if you wear it would typically be how I would suggest. So kind of even just putting on that layer of moisturizer before your sunscreen can be helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what about the exfoliation aspect of that? Is it, does it help or would you not recommend that as much in the winter? Yeah, you have to be mindful with exfoliation. I think there's a lot of products that have a lot of exfoliating ingredients, which can, if you're not careful, almost over exfoliate and can irritate your skin barrier. And especially in the winter months, you almost want to be working to preserve the moisture, then turning over the skin cells and irritating things too much. So I think a bit of exfoliation can be useful, especially if you have, you know, skin cells that are you know, getting clogged or you're getting really flaky, a tiny bit of exfoliation can be useful, but just don't over exfoliate. I find sometimes people with dry skin kind of like double down on exfoliation Mm -hmm. and it like, you get into a bit of a vicious cycle where your skin barrier is a bit irritated. So I think Mm -hmm. work on the skin barrier, hydrate as you can. And just even like simple tips, like in the winter, some people, the hot showers, try to limit that and then apply moisturizer before your sunscreen. Okay. Now, I personally love a face oil in the winter because I do get very dry and dehydrated and my skin barrier kind of goes downhill. That's when I can feel I very easily get irritated from too much exfoliation or exfoliating toners. So I've always been curious how to integrate SPF when I'm using a face oil because they feel like they're at opposite ends. It feels like I'm like attracting the sun, you know, maybe the way I did when I was a kid and I was naughty and I would use olive oil or whatever. And then I'm trying to protect as well. So if I want to do a protective routine, does that mean I have to say bye-bye to face oil or what do you recommend? Yeah, that's a good question. I think many of us 
may have dabbled in the oils for sun tanning purposes before we knew better, but face oils in general are best applied at the end of your routine after a moisturizer kind of is that last step by nature, they could sort of block absorption a little bit of some of your other skincare ingredients. And so for example, one good time, if you like an oil is in the evening before you go to bed. So then you don't kind of have to worry about the interaction or the time for your sunscreen. If you're going to use it in the morning, I would just say you'd have to kind of let it absorb and sit on the skin for a bit before applying the sunscreen, just so that you're not sort of putting sunscreen on while the oil's still there and maybe not getting that nice, even application of sunscreen. That's what I was wondering is if it would even like break it down. And, you know, we know that you're practicing in Vancouver and you've got that great, amazing world renowned skiing in Whistler. So do you see a lot of sunburns straight from the ski hill? You know, is it true that the sunburns or the sun damage is worse at higher altitudes? Yeah. I, well, I don't see a ton of sunburns now because <laughs> many of my patients are pretty, <laughs> at yes. least talking about trying to ripped. minimize their sunburns. Yes. But Certainly, I think the mountain um, is one of those areas that you sometimes don't anticipate or expect as much sun exposure sometimes because you're like, I'm going up to the mountain, it's the winter. But there is data that the sun rays can almost be stronger at these higher elevations. And you also have the added um, effect of the UV reflecting off the snow. And there's even been research that fresh white snow reflects up to 88% of the sun's UV rays. So it almost can like double a person's UV exposure. There's a lot of exposure up the mountain. So because of that, I think you are at increased risk for sunburn. And so I do try and, you know, remind people about the importance of using the sun protection, being mindful of it, especially when you're up skiing on a nice sunny day. Mm -hmm. And do you have a recommendation or a hack for how to reapply? Yeah. So certainly there's a number of different formulations now that can be helpful for reapplying. So there's sunscreen sticks, there's mists, there's sprays, and they can be really helpful for reapplying on the go. Both my kids have like a small stick sunscreen in their backpacks at school. And so they kind of know they can reapply. So I think getting that nice, even layer on first thing in the morning and then on the go, having something that's relatively easy to apply is useful. Mm -hmm. Some people also talk about like using like a beauty blender sponge and like dabbing Mm -hmm. on your sunscreen that way, if you've got makeup on and you're worried about those sorts, you know, your makeup, for example, which many of my patients will comment being like, Oh, I've got the makeup on. How can I reapply it? So there's Mm -hmm. lots of little hacks you can do now and lots of formulations that kind of make it easier to apply. And our last question for you, our listeners love specifics. So we have to know what the dermatologist sunscreen is and how do you like to apply it in your own personal everyday skincare routine? Yeah. So first of all, like I, I love sunscreen. I I do try out a lot and I think everyone's skin type is different. So when people are like, what's the best sunscreen? I always like the one that you'll actually use and you like for your skin. And I think that's important because somebody like, as you mentioned, dry skin, like the sunscreen that works for you is not going to be the same as somebody who has like oilier skin tone. So find one that you like and go for it. I using the Neutrogena Ultra Sheer Dry Touch, I have oily skin. So I like like a matte finish for me, like something that isn't too shiny. I find I just get more oily. So that's what I'm using. 
And, but as said, like I, I have like sunscreens in my bag and like other things that I sort of reapply on the go for me, I, I just use my normal skincare routine in the morning. And then I apply my sunscreen as a good, even layer all over after. And then I put my makeup on after if I'm wearing it. And that's sort of my routine. If I'm out and about, I sort of have the different strategies for reapplication. But it's part of my routine. And I think having that, as I say to people, you know, just building it into like part of your daily skincare routine just makes it easier to just be like, it's like, you know, brush your teeth, throw on your sunscreen. It just makes it easier. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday.